Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. This is the first time where I can't stop crying. This song. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm going to compose myself. I knew, I knew this day would come when one of these songs would make me cry. And here we are. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 13, Before You Start Your Day. Make sure you have listened to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track 13 off 21 Pilots. I probably sound a bit different today (laughs) because uh, the song made me cry (laughs) a lot. It's so ironic because I think this is the shortest song, definitely on this album, potentially one of, if definitely one of, if not the shortest song, lyrically. And so (laughs) I haven't listened to this song in a while. Because admittedly, it's not one that I really go to at all. But clearly, (laughs) I will be going to it a lot more now. Because this is one of those where I always kind of interpreted it one way. Um, Always just seeing it as a reassurance from one friend to another, as I think a lot of people view this song. But the second that I sat down with this song and just really sat with my Christian lens, I just cannot stop crying. (laughs) This is probably their one song. I don't know. I don't know for sure because I don't try to think about their songs too much before I'm actually podcasting about them as far as um, all the Christian details. So I don't know for sure. But this may potentially be, don't take my word for it, I could easily be wrong, because I'm not thinking too hard about the other albums, but this could be their one song from the Holy Spirit's perspective. And I think, especially in in this time of my life, when I've had a lot of anxiety and For me, my anxiety is very psychosomatic, so I've had a lot of physical struggles. This song hit really hard and very personally. It's so much more than the the few words that it is. This song actually has a lot to it, and I I'm I am grateful that I was doing this one alone because wow, I literally could not compose myself to start this podcast as you heard so let's jump right in shall we for some reason I feel like I'm forgetting something but I'm not it's just like I've had so many collaborations lately that it feels empty not introducing someone um, before jumping into the song but anyway so it starts off and the piano comes in and I get a very vivid image, um, maybe just because of the narrative of what the song is, but when it starts, I just picture someone's feet hitting the ground from their bed, like they're stepping on the ground and they start walking. 
to start their day. Even though that doesn't make sense with the fact that the first lyric is about opening your eyes, but for some reason, that's like the picture I get when the, when the music starts. So, I mean, if you want to be technical, maybe it's them being like fully consciously awake and then the piano starts. Maybe that's what the lyrically technical piano is. Anyway, so verse one, open the slits in your face and start your day. You don't have much time to make your slits look just right. This is probably the most eccentric description that Tyler has given something. Slits. It's so, like, unnecessarily weird of a word for eyes. But I feel like slits is a very kind of violent word. It's a very harsh word. It's a very negative word. And I just picture that the Holy Spirit is just starting off on your level. Because we're just going to go really deep and say that the subject is you. And so the Spirit starts off singing to you. And it says, slits. It's kind of like, okay, I need to speak to you. So I'm going to use your language. And the way that you think about yourself is very negative And very, I mean, violence, not the right word, but you're very sharp and harsh with yourself. And so for you to initially hear me is for me to use your language. So I'm going to use a harsh word, slits. So open the slits in your face and start your day. I think another way you can see the eyes associated with a violent more harsh term is also that eyes like any part of our body can wound we make harsh judgments with our eyes we make really rude prejudices and presumptions with our eyes we compare with our eyes we lust with our eyes there's so many things we do with our eyes that are also violent but I think the the very most personal way to interpret how that harsh word is said is probably what we're most consistently harsh with with our eyes is our self. So it reminds us you don't have much time to make your slits look just right. So not only are you in a negative headspace with yourself and with what's going on, but you also are very frantic and you are just scrambling at the last second all the time. And I really relate to that specifically because I have just gotten in the horrible bad habit ever since quarantine started of waking up for work at the very last second. And I hate it, but like I'm constantly in this position where I don't have time to make anything look good. I literally roll out of bed, get dressed, get all my food, and leave. Like, I don't even eat at home, um, let alone, obviously, like, make my myself look pretty, you know? But, I mean, you only have to see half of your face anyway, <laughs> some masks. But, you know, like, it's just the bare minimum of, of like, of course, spirit. Like, of course I don't have time. I, I don't. Because I literally don't. But 
Maybe you're more prepared than me. I hope you are. If not, hey, I see you. But regardless of what your morning routine is like, we're still just very frantic. We're fran frantic to get to the ne next... <laughs> Jeez, can't talk. We're frantic to get to the next stage in life. We're frantic to make more relationships. We're frantic to be in a relationship and then progress the relationship. We're frantic to always have a plan, whether that's school, grad school, job, new job, new, new job, 50 trillion new jobs, place to live, roommate. You know, we do all these things constantly and we do them and plan things far before we even like need to. You know, like, when you want to move somewhere new, like, you're planning that a lot of times, like, months in advance, which sometimes is practical and necessary, but a lot of times it's just, like, we are so frantic to make sure that other people know that we know what we're doing, even though none of us know what we're doing, but we are just stuck as frantic beings, because heaven forbid we don't know <laughs> Um, and wow, amen, isn't, isn't that the truth? Like, heaven forbid we don't know something and look imperfect. You know, we can be quick to look imperfect on the outside, but heaven forbid, at least I know in my own life, I think something that really makes me anxious is people understanding the ugly layers to me. Because there's such a fear of an imperfection that, like, in my warped, anxious brain makes me feel like, oh, well, if someone saw my perfections, they would reject me. So, anyway, I feel like that was a tangent. But the spirit is speaking to you on your level and reminding you of where your current position is in your frantic nature and in your self-deprecation and in your self-loathing and in comparison and whatever else you're going through and it's personal right away and whatever those words look like to you like I'm sure you're thinking exactly of what the spirit would be referring to for you specifically to some degree in this first stanza the spirit goes on to say in the pre-chorus I'm in your mind I'm singing I'm in your mind, I'm singing, la-da-la-da, la-da-la-da-la-da-la-da-la-da-las. And to me, this is like a simultaneous, okay, you're over here being frantic, starting your day, all of this stuff. Meanwhile, I'm in your mind, and I'm singing. In the midst of your hurry, I am here. The entire time. And not only that, but I'm singing. I'm singing in you. I'm singing in your mind. You are having all of your thoughts spinning into webs and snowballs and burdens and all of these things, but I'm singing in the midst of all of that. And my singing ebbs and flows but it's, it's constant. It's a constant stream of singing. It's a constant la-da-la-da line. It's steady. It's not going anywhere. 
regardless of what you're doing, it's there, it's steadfast, and it's beautiful, and it's reassuring, and it's hopeful, regardless of all of the things that you're conjuring up for yourself, regardless of all of your thoughts. Here is this truth and certainty that I am singing. I am singing. It's not like I was singing or I will be singing. I am singing. And I am singing in your mind. What a wild concept because we are so caught up in our trillions and trillions of thoughts. Like some people to the point where they have to always be doing something because they're so scared to do nothing and hear all their thoughts. But at the same time, the spirit says, I'm in your mind and I'm singing. So like, whenever your thoughts slow down, whenever you get weary with everything that you're conjuring, remember, I am in your mind, and I'm singing. And it's just one of those things where it's repeated, and it's repeated, and it's repeated, but don't we need to hear that? That there is this constant, hopeful, steadfast truth in the midst of all of our personal negativity that we are constantly telling ourselves in our mind. There's also something else in our mind that is true and that is beautiful and that does not depend on every negative thing that we're feeding our mind. It is true in spite of every negative thing that we're feeding our mind and in spite of how frantic our mind is and in spite of how much we plan our day and in spite of how little time we we allow ourselves to hear singing it's still there it's not dependent on how much you're paying attention to it and how beautiful it is that the spirit's presence and the spirit's singing and the spirit's truth is not dependent on how much we're paying attention to it because if that was true we would all be screwed (laughs) so then goes into the actually no technically okay in the lyrics that I was initially reading I completely forgot because I'm looking at different lyrics now (laughs) I'll explain that later but it was broken up as the pre-chorus was through I'm singing and then the chorus in the initial lyrics that I looked at was literally just the ladas and the singing itself so I mean my notes for the chorus and the pre-chorus were pretty similar again I think the other thing to note with the Ladas specifically is we hear them crescendo and decrescendo through the chorus. Excuse me, I'm a music nerd. (laughs) Um, But because of that, we see depending on our needs and depending on the lies that we're telling ourselves, it's kind of like the spirit will also, in its volume of singing, shift ebb and flow over time according to how much we need to hear him. So many times where we're just really in a rut, he'll sing even louder for those moments and then keep singing, but maybe like get quieter as we, as, as we have those, those few moments where we do see more truth. It doesn't need to be quite as loud. So just kind of ebbs and flows over time dependent on our spiritual needs in the moment, but it never stops. So that's pretty. And it and it sounds pretty, right? <laughs> Tyler makes it sound so pretty. So then we go to verse 2. 
And he says, look in the mirror and ask your soul if you're all right. Put out the glitter that your soul hides behind. So now, after everything that you've been doing and everything that the spirit has been has been establishing in your mind through it, through his steadfast singing, his it's it's steadfast singing. Now he's he's shifting the focus, and he's telling you, look in the mirror, look at yourself, and ask your soul if you're all right. You know, ask yourself if you're all right, but don't miss the part. We're so quick to go to the mental part, and the physical part, or sorry, the mental part and the spiritual part with if you're all right, but don't miss the part where it says, look in the mirror. What does that mean? That means look at yourself, not just how you're feeling, not just where your faith's at and your beliefs are at, but look at, look at your body, look at your physical being. And we don't, I feel like we don't do that a lot. We're quick to look at what we're doing, whether it's brushing our hair or brushing our teeth or doing makeup. And, you know, sometimes it's to look at flaws like popping a pimple or, you know, tweezing something. But in this sense, it's just look in the mirror and ask your soul if you're all right. Look in the mirror, not for the sake of doing something, not for the sake of, of the flaws, but look at yourself. Take in what you look like. Take in who you are. And put out the glitter that your soul hides behind. Be honest with yourself about how you're feeling. And trying to put on facades really doesn't benefit anything. It doesn't even benefit you, even though that's our... Our instinct, our instinct is to put, put on the glitter despite how we're feeling. The instinct is to say we're good when we're asked how we are. But the Spirit's calling us to be transparent. Be transparent about how you feel. Be transparent about how you feel about your life, about how you feel about your image, about how you feel about the way that you take up space and who you are as an individual. How do you feel about the way that you are walking through your daily life? And he really, again, just takes it personal in all of those ways. Because now he's already talked in our language and gotten our attention and steadily sung to us. So now he's bringing our attention onto ourselves to examine all of those things because we're important. Not just that us coming to God is important, but because we're something that is holding a piece of God. We hold the Holy Spirit. And if we hold the Holy Spirit, that doesn't just mean we can have a peace of mind, but that means that he has said our body is good. It is good in its unique form. And it was not hidden from him as Psalm 139 says, when it was being made. And if he deemed your body worthy to hold the Holy Spirit, then he deems your body worthy, period. And how infrequently do we believe that? We, we know 
that the spirit is in us. We know the spirit's in us. Yeah, I know that. I know, I know that. But we don't, we don't treat our bodies in that way. We don't treat our image in that way of, of being worthy. But the truth is God's found it so worthy that he put a piece of himself inside it in your body. And that is crazy. This isn't just a mental thing. He's not just in your mind. He's in your body. Do you understand the weight of what that means? We are so quick to talk about mental and spiritual being. But do you know what that means for you physically? Genuinely? And do you, do you act on what that means for you physically? In the second pre-chorus, the spirit says, You're in my mind. I'm singing. You're in my mind. I'm singing. And then all the ladas again. But I think after what's just been established about being transparent and honest, now he's taking us inward and he's saying, you, now, here's the thing, you are in my mind. I'm still singing. I'm still steady. But now I want to drive my point even further. I want to bring you into my mind. I want you to hear that you're beautiful. I want you to hear that you're the perfect sanctuary for me. And this chorus is louder than the first because he wants to highlight this truth. And not only that, but what does it say in Romans 8, 26? Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. As we, as we read the second verse, you probably had a lot of thoughts and reflections and questions for yourself as you reflected on who you are and and how you view yourself mentally, spiritually, and physically. And so now, I think that's a a perfect example of a moment when there's probably a lot going through your brain when you hear all of that and compare it to how God views you. And so there's probably, I would imagine, a lot of information there. And it's probably overwhelming to think of how vast the difference you treat yourself versus how God views you is and so you're probably in an overwhelmed spot where you don't really know what all you ought to pray and I think that's why this Lada section is so much louder because not only is it saying I want to highlight this truth of what you mean to me now that you are in my mind but I also want to groan for you in a deep and steadfast way And then the bridge says, okay, the reason I switched lyric pages and was confused about stuff earlier is because people are pretty split on what this first line says. Some people think, and it makes sense because I feel like it sonically kind of sounds like this, nowhere were they holy. But I think this is a moment, like, the way you hear Tyler singing the rest of the song, he's definitely kind of more casually, slurringly singing the words. And so I really personally don't think that that line makes sense. Not only is the they random 
but also regardless of who it's applying to nowhere were they holy if it's applying to us even we are made holy in the spirit and in god like the only way that line would make sense is if it was referring to sinners but why after all of this would we be referring or not sorry not sinners we're all sinners (laughs) but the only way that line would make sense is if it was referring to people without the spirit and after everything that we've we've sung and been told in this song why would we suddenly randomly randomly for one line be like oh also nowhere were they made holy like that just nowhere were they holy sorry that just doesn't make sense and also i think the real line like the other half of the translation say i think it is no you were made holy like know that you were made holy and even sonically i think the no you i can see is a lot more sketchy like i can see how it sounds like nowhere but i definitely hear an m for made holy either way i think i definitely hear an m so i believe it is no you were made holy but i also think that makes a lot more sense and has a lot more significance in the context of the the rest of the lyrics so anyway that whole lyrical tangent aside the bridge says no you were made holy open up your eyes and see the clouds above will hold you the clouds above will sing no you were made holy so now that you're in my mind now that i am groaning for you i also want to tell you you were made holy and again it's that depiction of you have a permanent identity and you are holy and your body is holy open up your eyes and see just sit in my mind and see for yourself the truth and the permanent truth of who you are that's not dependent on what you look like today your body is still beautiful and worthy you're still worthy spiritually to have been made holy and you're mentally still worthy to be sanctified open up your eyes not slits anymore your eyes and see the truth and i love the part where he says the clouds above will hold you the clouds above will sing because there's this ambiance of thunder in the background of those two lyrics and it almost just sounds like god is joining in with thunder to what the spirit is saying and emphasizing that i will hold you and i too will sing into you with scripture into you with just all of these truths um and i really love how that depiction of god also singing i really love how god is applied to singing as well because something i i like to think of when i am struggling or even just lying in bed at night or I don't know just lots of lots of instances I I always just will picture God cradling me like a child that sounds so weird I know but whether I'm feeling really low or I'm feeling good I just have this picture of God caressing me that his metaphorical hand is just coming down scooping me up and just rocking me to sleep 
in its in his certainty and in his love and in his gentleness and his patience and I just think that's a cute little image um, that I really find a lot of solace in to remember the steadfast love that God has for me that that can't be taken away based on my own doing and after all of that is sung you hear Tyler just singing ah and I just picture the spirit just breathing in a sighful grateful ah that after explaining all of that to you he now I don't know why I keep calling it a he spirit is an it it's like ah I finally struck the point home and you understand at least a fraction of the truth of who you are and he ends it and in your mind you're singing Lara not because he's not still there and he's not still singing because he is but after all of what has happened in your mind this truth has now influenced you to have this truth and this mental healing that he has now used to infect your whole mind with truth not just the part that he fills up and I think that's just a really beautiful reminder and you are worthy and your body is beautiful and it is worthy and it deserves all the care and the gentleness and the patience because he has first given it to us amen i want to hear from you you can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band. You can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, video, or an album with me. Many songs are still available and most music videos are available. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. You can find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. On Instagram, you can find me at entrench underscore pod. I look forward to hearing from you. Tune in next time for Isle of Flightless Birds. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, entrench, you're not alone.